Hi. Before we get into this episode, I just want to explain that the reason I've taken such a long break from doing this podcast is because I wanted to let the current events of 2020, the BLM movement, and everything that's been going on with educating and learning from this, these experiences, and the Beirut explosion in Lebanon just a few weeks ago, I want to mainly say that those take priority over everything else going on. Obviously, the COVID-19 virus and all of that situation very much is a high priority, but in the current theme and gestation of things, the Black Lives Matter movement and the explosion in Lebanon really do take precedent over a podcast that is being done for fun and just out of like the goodness of my heart and because I want to have an enjoyable experience. And that is ma mainly why I took the two months and some days break that I did, because it cannot be said with enough compassion and heart behind it, but the Black Lives Matter movement stands for things that shouldn't need to be fought for. And it makes people wonder why it's taken so long, but when you have people that are fighting against it, you see why. And it should not have taken, even to this point in our history, it should not have taken to the 60s with the civil rights movement then. It should never have occurred. And I urge you to go out, educate yourself, protest wherever you can at a location that is safe, but gets your voice and message out. And in terms of both the Black Lives Matter movement and the Beirut explosion in Lebanon, I urge you to sign petitions, call local leaders if you can in Lebanon, and do something to change society and the world as we know it, because we are the writers of our own destiny. That's been said for years and years, but it's really up to us right now. And if we don't do what's right, and if we don't do positive change to this world, it we will never have the world that we want. And the world that we want is not something that we've had. So I urge you to do something and change the world for better. On that note, I wish to say enjoy this podcast that is over an hour long and enjoy the special guests that I have on this episode with me today. So thank you and happy listening. Hi and welcome back to Down to Chat with me, myself, and I. On today's episode, we're going to talk about a TV show that's near and dear to my heart, Lucifer. It started out on Fox and then was horribly canceled and slashed from the dream and love of our hearts. But then Netflix, the savior of all shows, brought it back and we have the fourth and upcoming fifth season premiering this August 21st. I also 
have a very special treat on my hands and in my heart. A great friend of mine, Christian Labrie, is here with me. So please, at home, give your good old snaps because we love hearing this man's voice. Hello, Christian. Hey, Zach. How's it going? Pretty good. How about you? I am doing just fine. It is a beautiful, beautiful night in Ithaca, New York, and oh, I am yeah. happy to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. So on today's episode, we're going to run down our favorite season, episode, and how we tier list the seasons in terms of its greatness. I mean, in my opinion, all of them are great, but... Yeah, each season is spectacular. So oh, exactly. Trying to rank uh, spectacular is going to be a little hard. But, uh, <laughs> I always will agree with that. We're going to embark on this uh, journey together. So Exactly. So let's talk about how we like season one and the characters in this show. Yeah. All right. So season one thoughts. Um, I think that season one is incredible obviously <laughs> i mean all seasons this off right yeah yeah it really starts you off right the pilot episode um just really uh really does a good job at capturing the essence of lucifer uh which i really like and i think from from the very get-go tom ellis as lucifer is a master class in acting uh he is incredible and just sells the whole show so right from the get-go he is perfect in the role as lucifer i don't know how do you feel I, oh i couldn't agree more lucifer for the entire show up until this point has been like the main drive behind it and i really couldn't see anyone else playing a character as lucifer because no. i mean we're talking about the devil here and <laughs> you could never imagine a dude just like as lucifer as a british man <laughs> but he's not actually british because well again he's the devil yeah um <laughs> and then, well, we're thrown into it in the pilot, as you said. It's like you start off great, and you're thrown into it because his friend of his is shot and killed. Yeah, yeah. And then we meet our second main character, Chloe Decker, who's a detective for the LAPD. And it's just mind-boggling that you'd see the devil and a detective work together in this first episode, and as we see, progress into working and continuing their lives together. Um but it's like, how how did you imagine a pairing like this to ever occur? I don't know. I It's very interesting. And I'm honestly surprised that it worked. Uh, and I guess works. Uh, uh, it uh, had, didn't just work. It still does. Um, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would have never pictured a police procedural with uh, the devil in the main role. But... It just kind of works. And, yeah, Lauren German uh, in the lead role as the detective um, definitely does a really good job. Um, definitely does a really good job selling it. Um, in my opinion, this might be a hot take. I think she's the, the weakest of all Ooh, of the... I would agree. Of all of, agree. The, uh, <laughs> of all the actors on the show. But that doesn't mean she's bad. She's certainly not. She has a great job as... Uh, Detective Decker. Uh, however, there are just so many more personalities that you get to meet uh, as the show progresses that just capture your attention a lot more than she does. You know, she's kind of your the person you relate to in the show, the person that 
you're you know you're viewing the show through her eyes because she's the normal person in this scenario so you kind of have to have that person in a show like this um but i don't think she drags it down um especially in the first season which you know i digress about all that but uh in the first season in the first season uh she's great she um yeah i don't know what else to say i mean she brings out out a great um viewpoint as you said it's like it's you're imagining yourself as her because she's the most normal person in the cast yeah um as we meet more characters like ella and oh uh, my god ella (laughs) oh my god ella's ella is a character that is introduced in season three if i'm season two she's introduced oh yes um, you're right season two she is brought in and um her character is very god loving and she wavers away from loving God throughout season three and most of season four. Yeah. But oh, by the way, if you didn't back... know, if you didn't know, we're gonna get into some spoilers probably. So oh yeah, there's that so spoiler warning. Everyone listening. <laughs> so yeah, if you haven't seen up to season four, don't watch this. We're gonna get into spoiler territory. Um, exactly. But sorry, continue. Uh, but like she strays away and then she's like clutched back in by the love of God, and almost literally. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and then you just and then there's like characters like Dan and I cannot remember his oh Espinoza Dan yeah. Espinoza Detective Douche Detective Detective Douche as yeah. Lucifer calls him and he uh he certainly adds the douchiness to the actual show uh, because he's the character that's like this Lucifer guy is a total jackass like you know what though that's all you can say I. It's another hot take. We're really opening this episode of the hot Ooh, takes. Let's hear it. Detect. Okay, Dan is not that douchey, in my opinion. I would agree on the fact that he has a heartfelt side for Chloe and Charlotte, who we will talk about at some point in this episode. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into Charlotte. Charlotte yeah, Richards. We'll get into Charlotte. She's a she's a mixed bag of cats. Absolutely, um, that person. <laughs> um, but she. But he's he has a heart to him and that's what i think it really levels his douchiness in lucifer's eyes but of course because we're human beings looking at him as a person we don't see him as the full-on douche that lucifer does because lucifer is not human he's not human that nope um he is indeed the devil oh he is that (laughs) is true uh and then we have amenadiel amenadiel is lucifer's brother um one of many siblings that appear throughout the show but amenadiel is the main figurehead that stays in the show because it's his journey from his dad to bring lucifer back down to hell to where he's supposed to be and as lucifer tells him countless times he's not going back yeah that's the very much the whole plot of season one is uh, amenadiel trying to bring lucifer back to hell through different methods um And as we figure out through season one, which is, okay, one of my favorite plot lines, this is why season one ranks kind of high for me, but one of my favorite plot lines is the discovery that Lucifer is uh, vulnerable near Chloe. That is true. uh, That is true. Decker. That all happens pretty much in season one. And that's one of my favorite plot lines where they're, you know, he's trying to figure that out. Uh, the one of my favorite moments is where he's like, "Shoot me, shoot me!" Oh yeah, uh, and she she complies. With, 
Yeah, she does. She believes that he is invulnerable, but we find out he is very much not. Yep. At least when um, uh, he's around her. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That is very true. Yep. So that's your brief... Oh, well, I mean, we forgot a few characters, but they'll be brought up. <laughs> Linda. We um, get, that's a really important one. Oh, Linda is the yep. psychiatrist for Lucifer. Um, psychiatrist, therapist, whatever. Uh, emotional support human, <laughs> if you want to call her that. Um, Absolutely. She really is a jack-of-all-trades in the sense of providing help throughout the show. Yep. She does get more action as non-therapist later on in the show. Yes, is really awesome. Yeah, we'll talk about that more later. That's a big. That's a big uh, thing in one of the other seasons. That's a that's a big boy uh, spoiler if you've never seen part of the show. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so definitely don't listen on. Um. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So let's see. Season one, in my opinion, as you said, it has it's a really good start. It grabs your attention. It keeps you entertained in the sense that we. We know that there's more to come, and we want to see more. Um, character growth? Question mark? <laughs> yeah. I think the only like character that really grows is like maybe Amenadiel at the end, and Lucifer a bit. You know, like I would agree. You know, Lucifer, I mean, in his whole vulnerability thing, he just like grows from being the literal absolute devil on earth that he is in the you know opening um into you know a little bit more caring you know he's seen all these murders he works for the lapd now um you know although i will say at the beginning he really you know he does have some humanity you know he's the opening scene he tries to help his you know best friend his singer best friend you know he's like just get clean just stay safe and it's so interesting that you see that from the beginning you know but that progresses through season one and he, oh man, he just starts to care about humans and humanly yeah. things. Um, so yeah, he definitely probably, he probably changes the most. Um, and then Amenadiel. Um, yeah, Amenadiel surprisingly grows as he becomes um, Dr. Cannon or Kanan, however it's pronounced. Yeah, Dr. Kanan. Um, Dr. Kanan, because he's trying to, foil lucifer's plan and get him back to hell as we first talked about and so in order to do that he gets an office space directly next to dr linda and tries to get into her pants i guess um (laughs) which is at the same time oh yeah exactly yeah and but at the same time like tries to become a human by learning off of her Yep. which is interesting. Something I don't think you mentioned is that he's an angel. So he's Lucifer's oh, brother. Oh, he isn't an angel. Um, yes, and if we, did a, if we didn't mention that, um, Lucifer was or is an angel? Was an angel? What he do you think? He is an angel that was cast yeah. down to hell to right. do the dirty work that his father didn't want to do. Yeah, so he is an angel and his brothers are angels. So Amenadiel is an angel. And uh, trying to get in the pants of a therapist is not the most angelic thing to do, you might say. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> But as a TV show, thoroughly entertaining. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yep. um, so how would we grade this whole season as a whole? Do you want to go out of 10? Out of 10? Sure, let's do this. Okay. Um, you go first. Um, for me, I would give it a solid 7.5, um, mainly because some of the acting 
actions in secondary characters that are like victims or the killers of said victims throughout the episodes um, don't really do it for me at times. And then the actors themselves, they're trying to figure out their character and trying to figure out what they really want to portray these people slash angels slash demons as. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, Mazikeen. I know. I just we did not about talk about Mazikeen. Um, so there is a, another character, Mazikeen or Maze, as you'll probably hear both of us say. Yeah, is a demon from hell that is meant. She's the first demon that was sent down and created to protect Lucifer, no matter the danger he might be in. Hell's best and torturer. Exactly. She is literally hell's best torturer, and as we all know, in hell you are reliving the worst moment or the worst event in your life and she's there to really keep it going and make you really hate yourself more in hell um and so as she's up on earth here to protect lucifer even though it was an unwilling agreement because he came up and she had to follow she is the bartender at his bar in lux which is the bar that he lucifer owns um so i think her actually in my opinion her character growth is the most in my opinion in season Mm. one she goes from really being just a bartender to trying to figure out who she is what she wants and i know that she's still a demon but she tries to be human in a sense that she tries to relate even though she knows because she has no soul um that she can't relate to anyone yep um which is kind of a trend it's kind of a trend through the whole show though is her trying to become like you know trying to find herself you know i think in Mm. a i can't remember which season it was but in a few episodes for the season like she either wasn't in it or like she was specifically off like hunting bounties like trying to figure out who she she was yeah she tries she becomes a bounty hunter because she figures out as she tells dr linda um i found myself I know what I want to do. I want to hunt That's humans. Right. Yep. Yep. And it's like she thinks she knows, and that is her true calling, I guess, is to hunt humans yeah. because that's what she kind of did in hell. Yeah, um, which is so funny. Um, I know. It's so awesome. For but it's only only hunting humans that deserve it, though. That's the big oh, theme exactly. of, like, hell. And Lucifer and Maze, I'll talk about it, is, you know, they only punish people who are evil or who deserve yeah, to be in hell. You exactly. Know? The only ones that deserve it are the ones that are the ones that were cruel and evil yep. on earth while they were alive. That's one of my so favorite par- Oh yes. I was just going to say that's that's one of my favorite parts about the whole show is that Lucifer oh, really? Lucifer is not evil. Is that he is a punisher. You know, he punishes people who are, who are evil. But yeah. he, he's not necessarily evil himself, and I think that's the coolest thing. But anyway, that I digress. Uh, I think I would give this season an 8 out of 10. I'm pretty much on par with how you feel about it. Um, I think that it's a great pilot season. Um, it sets up the framework so well, and it's also only 13 episodes. You know, so it kind of that has to... True. Where the other seasons are, like, a <laughs> lot longer, which we'll get yeah, on yeah, later. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this one is, you know, the second shortest season at 13 episodes. Uh, and I think it just really, um, fits the plot in all the right places for me. Um, not perfect. You know, it's still a little bit, 
procedurally, you know. Uh, it's very much a police procedural. Uh, it's, you're kind of getting to know the people. Um, but I love it, personally. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, that's true. Yeah. Um, that is true. As, as we dive into season two, um, in the final literal ten seconds of season one, Amenadiel tells Lucifer that someone escaped from hell. Yep. And that being their mother. Yes. And that is kind of a emotional roller coaster in terms of how they both feel about that because there was a lot that happened before the creation of Earth, while Earth was created and evolving. Um, but it's that is the main arc of season two is to yep. get mom and to make sure she doesn't destroy anything because they only know that she wants to destroy earth because that was really what um was kind of told to us in the beginning of season two yeah because she was you know one. it was because god in this in the show's mythology um god put more emphasis and love into earth uh, than he did her, and she despised him for that. Um, so she, yeah. in the in the show's lore, she despises Earth because of that. Um, however, we end up figuring out in season two that she's actually come back just to see her kids. Yeah, so, she wants sort to of get all of her kids together on right. Earth or somewhere. Exactly. Um, and another thing to add on is, as I think Lucifer or the mom said is that she viewed God while he was like playing with earth as earth was his toy box. And it was like, that's all he wanted to focus on and give his time towards. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really kind of purposeful and important to think about because you never really think of it as someone's toy box as yep. humans on this so-called earth yep. um, outside of the show. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think, in my opinion, a character that we have not talked about, but I love in this season alone... Are you going to say Trixie? As Trixie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love Trixie. Trixie is Chloe Decker yep. and Dan, Detective Douche's daughter. Yes. Um, They had this kid. She's roughly seven, I think, in the beginning and into the second season of the show. And she has an amazing moment and a few moments throughout this second season that really highlight the childish character that is needed in this show, um, which kind of goes in line with Ella, who we talked about in the beginning, uh, who is also childish. So the two of their childish natures combined really kind of ma make this show more, not child-friendly, but more appropriate. I, I think that it's funny. Word. It's not funnier, but it's like, I think the presence of, El, you know, Ella and Trixie being a little more present and youthful just kinds of add, like, it adds joy, you know, which is something because that I picked up on. all about death and detective work. Yeah, you know, it's really a po police procedural, but then you bring in kind of the, you know, and the, um, the person who plays Trixie, uh, whose name is um, Scarlett Estevez. Uh, yes, does a great job at just at, like not be you know a lot of child actors sometimes can come across as like i don't know weird <laughs> i guess <laughs> you know they're just not 
always entertaining. They're sometimes super cheesy, but um, Trixie is played by Scarlett in such a way that she's just kind of pure joy. And you know, whenever I see yeah. Trixie come up, I'm like, oh yeah, let's go, Trixie. Exactly. You know, yeah, the I'm, scene you know is gonna go from like death to happiness in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Yep. Um, um, I really think season two, because of its length, this season two is what um, eighteen episodes long. So we added yep. another five, and in my opinion, it kind of goes a little too long and gets stale for me. Yes, I agree. Um, it's an, a season that, because it did so well the first time around, they were like, oh, let's monopolize. Let's make this more and make this better. Yep. And the material in it and the story arc of the season kind of dies. Yep. And that mainly happens because they, throughout season two, Mom is trying to get the pieces to... Uh, what's his name? Asriel's blade together. Yes, yes, he's trying to collect Asriel's blade. Yes. Yeah, because God has like thrown all of the pieces randomly on different places of the earth, and they all somehow happen to reside in Los Angeles. So, uh, a little backstory context: Asriel's blade uh, is essentially a um, a weapon that can kill Celestials. Yes. Um, along. The only other weapon that we see in the show that can kill Celestials, I'm pretty sure, um, correct me if I'm wrong, are Maze's Knives. That is true. um, Until this point, that's the only thing. Right. So Maze's Knives and Asriel's Blade are the only things that can kill Celestials at this point. Um, So uh, Asriel's Blade, you're right, is separated in three parts and spread across Earth. And uh, essentially what they want to do with it is um, Storm Heaven eventually you know she wants to take all of her children on earth and storm heaven uh and i don't think we basically uh what is it the rebellion it's like the first rebellion it's basically she wants to recreate that and make it into i guess a new world yeah exactly yep So, so yeah, I think that's really interesting, in my opinion, because she has her own motives. She meaning mom. That's who we mean the entire time is she, or is mom. And I think it's really interesting that she actually drives most of this season. And she makes things um, kind of work in their favor. Yes. Yep. Oh, man. It's, it's such an that's interesting like- plot line. Um, I agree. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, but can we talk oh. about the, the first episode? Wait, you, know, you go first. No, you go. I, I want to hear this. <laughs> I was just going to say, can we talk about the first episode for a moment? Where, first of all, Ella is introduced into the series. Yes. Which just like one of my favorite things that the show ever did was put Ella into the mix. Uh, I agree. And second of all, the opening scene where... Um, the mother goes from body to body. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. She goes. She goes from a guy that was like dead on the street from a heart attack, and then she's like, she comes up and is talking in his voice, and it's like, Lucifer, I need to find Lucifer. Where's Lucifer? And he steps out into the middle of the street and gets hit by a bus. Yep. And then her body goes to this Asian dude that's in a shootout 
I guess it's over like gang war or drugs yep. or something. Yep. I don't know. And he like wakes up and is like, Lucifer, where is Lucifer? I need to find Lucifer. And yep. this guy looks at him and he's like, I just shot you in the head. And then boom, shoots him again to kill him. And yep. then she eventually, after a few bodies, I guess, finds yep. her way into this woman that was stabbed into the back of the neck yeah. by an ice pick. Yeah. And yep. she's on the bed in a hotel room because, as we later find out throughout the season, her human being that she took over the body of, known as Charlotte Richards, yep. um, she's a law lawyer in a very top-tier law firm that does that they protect a lot of criminals and keep the criminals out of jail and on the streets which yep. i mean you can probably deduce how good that is with lucifer's standpoint <laughs> and how he treats people but yep yep oh man it's just episode one honestly is one of my favorite season openers it might not even be the best but it's one of my favorites, you know. Wow, that's, for, a, that's a medium take right there. Yeah, maybe not a hot take, but a medium take. Um, just because of what it does for the show. Um, and, yeah, it might not be the best. And I, I accept that. It's definitely not I the best it. episode of the show by a long oh, no, shot. No way. It might not even be the best season opener, but it's probably my favorite season opener. Um, wow. Although season four really... Um, is close. It's really close for me. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, I do that a lot. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. We always yeah. digress. Yep. Um, yeah, I think this show, this season is just kind of long and it's, it's good. And the whole Charlotte Richard or the whole, um, mom plot line is pretty good. Uh, I, yeah. I really like that. Um, so thing that I didn't think about, is Charlotte Richards and slash mom dating and having a thing with Detective Espinosa, Detective Douche, Dan. Yeah, yep. Um, and that really kind of emotionally shakes up Dan's life because yep. they have this thing and then they call it off after he finds out that she's technically his stepmom as they label it in the world of them oh yeah yep and so they call it off and then she does this thing right as at the end of the season that she's like you were my favorite human and literally boops him on the nose and then kisses him again yep. and then goes out and goes back to being a celestial being yep um it's, and i uh... just think that's that's wild in my opinion that's like the most like steamy relationship thus far yeah yeah and i mean it kind of it only gets better though in season that three is true. um that is true so oh man but we'll talk about that anyway the yeah. development of mom of the mom and uh espinoza is really interesting here um because you know she first invites him out um on a date to get to know chloe because uh, she's trying to take away Chloe because uh, she wants to take him with her to heaven. Um, so he, she thinks that if you know she gets rid of the only thing she, he cares about on Earth, that he'll come with her. Um, which is just, it's so interesting. It's so good. Um, That's so one-sided in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, the reason that they end up like having a weird relationship, which is just so funny. Um, so yeah, that's good. Um, let's give this season a number. Okay, you first. I went first last time, you first this time. Alright, this season for me is, you know, and no season of this show for me is bad. I agree. You know, I think that that's, that's where it comes down to it for me. So I'll give this season a 7. Okay, I'm going to give it, because it's definitely a whole point lower than season 1 for me. There's more filler here, um, but the storylines are still really, really good. Um, yeah. definitely. So I think that it's, it's longer and more drawn out, but not as bad as season three. But before that, <laughs> what's your ranking? Um, I was going to be like, ranking? that was a great segue. <laughs> I know. I know. Wasted. Such a good segue. <laughs> um, but yeah. in my opinion, I think season two is in my opinion, my least favorite because I really wasn't entertained by mom mm. and she kind of put a distaste in my mouth. Really? But, huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a slight hot take. Just, beca- just because <laughs> she was kind of uh, too self-centered for my liking. Yeah. Um, yep. Even though Lucifer is literally the epitome of yeah. self-centered, <laughs> but it's exuded yeah. in such a way that it's okay with me. Yeah. Um, you know, you know where I, it gets I, it. I, that is true. Yep. You get it from your parents. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think... In my opinion, the number-wise, I'd have to give it a 6.5, maybe 6.75. Okay. Just because, like like you said, it's a little too drawn out for me. Um, but because some of the storylines, in my opinion, they do die very quickly, and they aren't really filled with anything new that kind of drags my attention, which this should be said that I'm very ADHD and ADD, so like I yeah. need that yep. continuous thought to keep me interested um but overall they really didn't utilize linda and Maze as much as i had hoped either yeah linda was kind of put on the back burner and other than a few episodes and amenadiel really the only thing that we really saw from amenadiel was the loss of his wings right which, yes i guess that is possible in this dc comic world um yeah. I thought so that plot line was actually really good, and I really like that. I love that plot yeah. line, and I wish that's what, one thing I wish that they had focused on more in season two because you could have really developed that and made it better for season three. Yep. Now season three. <laughs> There's the transition we needed. There is the transition we needed. <laughs> um, but yeah. for season three, we see the introduction of the Cinnamon. The Sinner Man, that's the right. The Sinner Man yeah. is absolutely, positively mind-boggling and interesting and intriguing and keeps me in like engaged the entire season. And my least favorite villain. I agree. <laughs> it's um, like it keeps me yeah. so interested, but the villain itself is so depressing and sad and lackluster yeah. that it's like, come on, man, pick but a better yeah, fight. Except for the fact that the real sort of sinner man uh, is so. The introduction of uh, Pierce is it's really the, important. He's the new lieutenant in the LAPD yes. precinct, yes. Uh, and he is. Um, a great character in my opinion um i love 
Oh my god, he's played by uh, Tom Welling, who is uh, of Smallville fame, and um, wow, he plays a, uh, a yeah a character, a lieutenant, um, who you later figure out in the season to be Kane of uh, Kane and Abel fame. Uh oh, <laughs> um, you know the world's first murderer and such. Um, no big deal. Nothing, no big deal to, to him. Not really. Yeah. So he's the real uh, Sinner Man, I guess. He's the you know he's yeah. the person behind the Sinner Man. Um, yeah. He uh, he yeah. influences what the the face of Sinner Man does. Yep. Um, and I think I think in my opinion having Sinner Man. But Kane really be the quote unquote center man because he really is the first center man. Yep. Center man. Center man. Center man. Oh my god! I was I was talking with somebody the other day, and every time that word came up, we were watching the show, and she thought I was. She thought they were saying cinnamon. Oh like, no! And so she was like, "What? Who's the cinnamon?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, even with Tom Ellis, it's like the cinnamon. I'm like, the cinnamon, oh, it could be yeah. so cinnamon. It could so be cinnamon right now. Good hearty uh, bowl I of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, for me, that's the driving thing that actually makes, how long is the season? I think it's like 24, 25. Dear God, this season is two. It's 26 episodes long. It is, okay, I'm going to just break it out right now. I'm going to break it right now. This is my least favorite season. I'm sorry. So the thing about this season is that it has a lot of filler episodes in it that were left over from season two. So they filmed a couple filler episodes of season two and then decided to stick them in uh, season three. So, for example, the last two episodes of the series are not at all related to the plot. um, And they were actually never aired. Which is something I didn't no, they, know until recently. Yeah, no, they weren't. Yep. Um, they were just um, put onto Netflix and put onto the DVD copies. Um, so they were never aired. They were just, um, like, tacked on so it could have more episodes. Uh, and the other episode that's like that, actually, uh, is City of Angels. I don't know. I didn't know this really? until the other day. Yes, the episode... I know that. ...where we see the origin of uh, Lucifer and Amenadiel on Earth. That was a filler episode. That... If you think about it, we figure out who Kane is at the uh, in the sin bin, uh, yeah. and then we're left on a cliffhanger after he gets back up after being stabbed, and then there's no plot. There's no plot in City of Angels at all. Uh, and I then it, didn't think about that at all. Yeah, it oh picks back. Gosh. Yeah, it picks back up right at Lux in uh, episode twelve, which is all about her. Um, I believe that's right. Yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. So, City of Angels was also the, um, so, you know, this show is broken up into two parts on TV. Uh, they aired it in, like, a fall section and then a spring section. Um, so the, the Sin Bin, where you figure out who Kane is, was the last one. It was the end of the fall season. Yeah, that's the fall cliffhanger. So they opened it with a filler episode. And that just rubbed me the wrong way. So I, I skip it every time I rewatch. I skip that's that episode. Interesting. Yep. Because... The funny thing for me is I never even I didn't even put two and two together as you just heard me like in awe. <laughs> like I never realized that that was a filler episode. I just thought because that was such a big like <gasps> like oof 
moment yeah. in the show that I'm like, okay, maybe they just wanted to throw us back and be like, because you just found that out, we're going to bring you back in time to distract you again. Which I think uh, is stupid anyway. <laughs> I, I, I would agree. Um, but yeah. I thought that was interesting because it's like, well, you're, we're going to take you out of the picture and put you somewhere new to give you backstory. Yep. And the one thing, too, is because I was looking at Wikipedia earlier. And it says, like you just said, with the last two episodes of the season, they're classified as bonus episodes, Uh, which I wish that they had kind of implemented in saying on Netflix at some point or inputting somewhere, because that would really give us a little, uh, I don't know, help in figuring out (laughs) that this has nothing to do with the plot line at Uh, all. Yeah, and they're not good episodes either. It's the only, it's the sucky part. I actually like... um, I like the final episode. The Once Upon a Time? Yeah, I really like that because it's like, it's a what if episode. And I'm kind of one of those, oh, I love those episodes because it's like, what if the show really didn't happen kind of thing? Yeah. What if they led their lives differently? Um, But I like how that episode kind of turns into, hey, maybe everybody is related at some point. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, so, I will say season three as a whole for me though is kind of just filler like you know and maybe that's a hot take but for me it's just that's, a, a, that's an interesting take not a hot take I'll <laughs> say it's interesting it just kind of focuses a little too much on the mundane like police procedural aspect rather than on a, at least mid-season for me like oh, mid season mid, yeah, it dies mid-season yeah mid-season three just drags uh, and I'm, I'm rewatching that right now, actually. I'm still in the middle of rewatching that. And I was just like, wow, I remember why I didn't like this. You know, it just like drags. <laughs> and of course, it's not bad. You know, it's my least favorite, but it's not bad. They're all exactly. good episodes. Tom Ellis just saves the show for me every time. Chef's um, kiss. Moi. Moi. <laughs> if you could see this, you'd know we're both uh, <laughs> you could, exactly. going moi. <laughs> moi. <laughs> um, <laughs> Envision Zach and I doing that. Um, <laughs> anyway uh yeah this whole this a lot of this season is filler for me but and with a big big but hey hey the last two episodes are my favorite season closer uh as in not the bonus episodes but the like oh a um, devil of my world or word yeah devil of my world oh my god <laughs> so the, you followed me the um the semi-final episode. I don't think that's the right term. Whatever. The second-to-last episode, quintessential. Yeah, the penultimate. The penultimate. There it is. Uh, the quintessential Decker Star, uh, and then a Devil of My Word, uh, are both great, great episodes. And at the uh, at the end of episode, uh, the season finale, we uh, Chloe is, or uh, Lucifer reveals his true self to Chloe. Which yeah, he hasn't he done. really is the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just so interesting to me. Um, and if you couldn't tell about how I feel about the season already, I didn't talk much about any of the other episodes because none of it is super important, in my opinion. Um, I'd agree. Other than something that I wanted to mention and forgot to up until right now, the death of Charlotte Richards, which yes. is... I think the most emotionally impactful episode that I watched. Oh. 
I oh cried. I cried. I did. I cried as well. Uh, I will admit. I was so emotional. That episode yeah. was, like, I mean, great episode. Absolutely oh, writing, phenomenal. Directing everything. Yeah. Just perfect. Um, but yeah, I I agree that yeah. that was really heart wrenching. I cried maybe a few too many tears. No, not too many. Um, but I will to to give a little um a little background on that. In season three, Charlotte Richards actually comes back as her human self and tries to figure out who she is, why she was in hell, and um, what she... Oh, yes, because she was... In the time that um, Lucifer's mother inhabited her, she was actually in hell. Um, yeah, she because because of her past as a lawyer protecting criminals, mm-hmm. she was... And she did dirty things on the yep. side. Yep. Um, but, like, she tries to make... She tries to become good and not go to hell when she dies again later in yep. life, which we tragically find out, as you said, in this penultimate episode um, of the season in the original version of the season, she, and that she's killed and her life is cut short. That's um, so sad. And it's... it's It is one of the most emotionally distraught episodes and really pulls at the heartstrings. Yep. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's genius writing and just the fact that oh and because dan and charlotte have such a relationship the real right dan and the real charlotte form a a relationship over the season mostly over the fact that they both have kids like trixie sets him up with her and it's just this adorable adorable relationship uh and then uh she dies in um oh man she she dies protecting a menadeal. Yep, she dies. Which makes it even more yep, protecting a menadeal. You know, truly turning around her life and being a savior, literally. Um, and yeah. then Dan finds her, uh, figures out that she, you know, she's dead, and a, a menadeal um, ends up bringing her up to heaven, um, which yeah. is just so beautiful. You know, the fact that now the one thing that I've always wondered is, does he bring up her soul or her body? Because in the way it's like looks, it looks like he's bringing up her body. But I mean, I guess the imagery, you should imagine it's her soul. Yeah, I think we're meant to assume that he's bringing her up to heaven. You know, he's bringing her, her soul, her everything up to heaven. Because she, you know, started out as kind of like an, oh, I can't go back. But then ultimately, you know, in a truly selfless, selfless act, saved Amenadiel. Um and it was just so beautiful. Um, so, yeah. And then, the, you know, the next episode, like we talked about, um, Lucifer is protecting Chloe uh, and ends up showing him uh, or ends up showing her his devil face. Uh, oh, man. Which is scary. Man. Yeah. What a wild. <laughs> Especially if. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um Okay, so then I guess this time around I'll start with the grading of the of the season. Yep. I would I'm gonna give you a nice old hot take here. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna give this a solid eight out of ten. Wow, better than season one. Better than season one. And my reasoning is we have a lieutenant that literally 
screws with the department and emotional and physical not physical. Yeah, I don't think he physically screws the department. Well-being. Yeah, they don't <laughs> they don't mess up well-beings in that in that no, case. No. Um but like the emotional like journey that all these characters go on because you added one new character to the mix and he Yes, he has lackluster episodes, and the season itself has really a dipping point mm. at a point. But I really think that the start of the season, there are a few key episodes. The one that I continually think about is um, Till Death Do Us Part, which is episode 13, in which um, some woman is like a... Her name is Sandra in the episode, and she is this kingpin basically mm-hmm. of cooking ecstasy oh my god and that episode is so funny exactly and it's like there's key episodes in my opinion that really kind of bring back the joy yep. for me and there's a few other like there's a definite multiple episodes that drag it down to an eight for me yep. but i think like you said the season ending and the penultimate episode really really drive home a great season for me yeah absolutely um i really think that that uh yeah <sighs> it kind of boosts its score almost i think that <laughs> but this... like overall think overall yeah, i think that this season at its worst is filler and boring but the season at its oh, best yeah. is peak lucifer so with that in mind oh man I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. <laughs> I really drove you into a hard oh, you place. You really did. Uh, I think I'm actually gonna adjust my score for season two, and say I'll give it a seven point five, uh, and give season three a seven. Um, I like it because I, like I it. love multiple episodes of season three, and they are some of my favorite episodes of the show. So I absolutely think that that some of those episodes are just perfect. And you can't, you know, you can't even dip into the sixes uh, with some perfect episodes like that. So I had to adjust. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got to think about it. So, yeah, um, I guess with that, um, let's move on to season four. I guess we better talk about. I guess we better talk about the Netflix version yes. now because this is when we've transitioned over. Yep. And to preface to preface the season. They only gave season four 10 episodes, which really cut down if you think about it, because we started season one with how many episodes? Give me a sec. We started only with 13. Then we went up to 18, jumped into the stratosphere with a total of like 26. 26 episodes. Exactly. We literally almost doubled our number. And then now we're being cut down by 16 episodes to 10. And that really kind of has to be brought into the grand scheme of the whole show because they're really forcing the writers and the directors to be like, okay, how can we fit emotion and plot line into 10 10 episodes? Okay, this season, Netflix saved. Netflix saved this show so hardcore uh, by limiting it to 10 episodes, but keeping on all of the original creators and cast and everything, allowing them to do what they want, better production design, but just saying, hey, stick it to 10 episodes. And they absolutely did that, and they killed it. 
because season four is my oh, favorite season. Um, yep. Hands it down. is such a good season of television. Um, the whole o- the ep- opening episode where he sings Creep. and uh, Oh, I've watched that clip about 200 yep, times. That is just like, it opens and immediately, you know, you're in for, this is a Netflix show now. You're in for some high production value. It's so good. Um, but essentially, the way plot-wise, plot-wise, uh, season four starts with... Um, kind of everything going back to normal which is a you know because well well, so you start it that way you start like chloe's back lucifer's back and uh chloe's like yep i saw your devil face no big deal uh and he's like he's like clearly that you know that's there's something up uh but then you figure out later in the episode what's actually going on uh and that she's in a plot with a priest uh to destroy lucifer and send him back to hell um yep and the reason why we find that out is because she talks about because it between season three and four it's like a month hiatus in their showtime of after kane's death charlotte richard going to heaven um and him showing chloe her his devil face she goes on a trip to venice i believe it's venice or yeah i think he she goes to venice and goes to a church to learn about the devil and but she disguises it that it's a trip for Trixie. Wait, do they go to the Vatican or Venice? Do they go to Rome? Where do they go? Is it I Venice? Know. I don't remember. I don't. <laughs> That's I don't so remember. Bad. Um. <laughs> anyway, hold on. I'll look it up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. This while you look it up, you this, keep talking. Uh, that it's just such an interesting through line for the show is that she's, yeah, uh, working. I say interesting a lot. Like everything is interesting to me. I guess. Um, but she's working with this, um, this priest to try to take Lucifer down. Um, but only sort of, uh, and you see that breakdown and you see, oh man, it's so interesting. I'm trying to remember exact plot details now. I mean, okay. So then I remember, um, the, the the priest that she works with is father Kinley. Father Kinley. And, he is a cruel man. He hides behind the priesthood to get evil deeds done, basically, as it seems. Um, and he has a one-way mission of finding that Lucifer is Lucifer and using Chloe as a decoy, almost, to get him to hell. Um, but we also find out that in season three, or season three, I'm so sorry, in episode three of season four, we have a wonderful new character who's ditzy, naive, very non-malicious, walks into Lux and orders an apple teeny based off of her favorite fruit, the one and only Eve, the first woman on Earth. <laughs> and yes, Eve. She... She kind of drives this season in a very interesting way. Yeah. Eve is... She's trying to love Lucifer, but make it all normal, but her normal. Yeah. So, Eve comes back um, to, like, she comes back to Earth um, specifically to look for Lucifer and try to get him to love her. And that's her whole goal, is that she wants to be romantically entangled with Lucifer. Uh 
And, you know, clearly Lucifer isn't that guy anymore. He's not the guy that um, she knew back in the garden. Um, Ooh, yay, the garden. <laughs> the garden. Um, so, you know, it doesn't work out as you'd think. Uh, and she kind of gains some independence through the whole fourth season. Uh, and he just uh, discovers new things about himself romantically. Um, yeah, I. why did I almost forget about Eve? That is literally like the main plot line in the whole show. I know, it's, um, it's so, and she's like, but I think the reason why you forgot is like, she's such a late addition to the show that there's not really too much character growth. But in terms of Eve, there's really not much to grow. Uh, there's not too much mentally to grow upon this character. But the actress who plays her, I simply cannot remember her name. Um, and in a bar, I, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, me too. Um, in <laughs> um, in bar Levy. I'm so sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Yeah. Um, that is the American English in me. Yep. Um, but <laughs> uh, she plays Eve, and she really knocks this character home for me and she also almost she kind of makes the season other than like the other plot point character peaks that we see in here yep. um but one thing we did forget to mention is in season three if i'm not mistaken is when Dr. Linda Martin and Amenadiel yes. become lovers. Become romantically entangled and also sexually sexually Literally. entangled. Um. And in in season four, we find out that Linda is pregnant with a human angel human baby. Human angel baby. Absolutely. And she kind of freaks out. As I would. She kind of freaks out <laughs> as anyone really should. Yeah. <laughs> because she's afraid that this baby will have wings upon it popping out of her you-know-where skull. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and it's like, I think that it's one of those things that, like, that's such a small little subplot arc and uh, plot line that it's like, it kind of kept me interested yep. in the fact of, like, What's going to happen? Well, and the best part about it is it, like, it's not a plot line that in, like, season three... Oh, hello. That in uh, season three would have been thrown away. You know, it's it's, it's a true. plot line that comes back. And in the season finale, the whole point is oh. the baby. Oh. You know? The whole... Who knew that the entire season was going to end up with the baby being the yeah. key? So, essentially what happens, um, uh, to fill anybody in, which, you should have seen the show at this point already, so, uh, you're missing out, but, <laughs> yeah. essentially what happens is Father McKinley, um, dies, but, a, uh, a demon comes and enters his body, and he raises a demon army. Uh, it's almost as if what didn't happen in season two with Lucifer's mom came true in season yes. four yep. but in a totally horrible yes. way yes and what they're trying to do uh remind me what they're trying to do with the baby again they try and uh they use the baby because he's a human but he's also an angel they use him to 
try and make him the new king. That's of right. They're trying to make and yep. the new ruler. The because, only ruler can be ha- Lucifer tells. Yeah, Lucifer tells this guy that possesses uh, the priest's body. He tells him, "Yeah, bro, I'm not going yep. back." And he like forces him right. back to hell. And the only almost. person that can be the king of hell is an angel. It has to be an angel, so yep. the demons can't take over. So they need an angel baby, which is where Amenadiel and Linda's baby comes in. <laughs> Yay. Yay, baby time. And then the whole final episode is like just a big old game of hot potato with the baby, which is so funny. <laughs> um, and then I love that like episode. everybody, you know, Eve, Maze, Lucifer, uh, they all just like Amenadiel, they all gather even Chloe, that's right chloe was because there she now knows about lucifer yep. and they all fight this group of demons uh wow what a what a great final episode um i agree it's so so good um yeah this whole season does not waste time that's the biggest thing because it's only oh, yeah. 10 episodes it just has to keep going um so yeah. It knocks it out of the park for me. Season four is awesome. Um, I know we've been going almost an hour, uh, so it's okay. With so me. what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say I'm gonna give my rating, and Let's my rating is a nine point two five. Oh, um, you know nine point five. I reserve for like see you know like Breaking Bad you know some of the worst seasons of Breaking Bad are a nine point five for me you know like some of the top tier yeah. best shows of all time you know nine point five and this show while being yeah. one of my favorites of all time it's probably not one of the best of all time so my favorite season of Lucifer ranks for me as a nine point two five. It's so, so good. And if, you know, I, this is a show for me that's not like, oh, you have to wait it out until, you know, the season get, seasons get good. It's a, you know, all of the seasons are good and then it just gets better. You know, it's just, season three drags a little bit, you know, but the first and second season are awesome. And the third season is still really good at some parts, but the fourth season just drives it home. Uh, So, Yeah. What about you? Wow. I would 100% agree. Yep. 9.25 is arguably the best number you can really put on it because it's a number that, like you said, it's not the best show in the world. And I don't ever, I don't see it as such. And probably most, excuse me, as the world will ever see it as such. Um, But I think what really helps as you said is it's 10 episodes it keeps moving and you really have to focus and you really have to look at every little detail because there's there's like one scene in episode like five of the 10 that's gonna clue you in to something that happens three episodes later we don't notice that until it happens then yeah and it's like you just have to focus um and i think my opinion Season 4, episode 10, season ender, is my favorite episode thus far in the show. It drives home the absolute literal hell of you have to... Lucifer has to show who's really who's boss. 
and you see this fight scene with the army of these demons that try and rise up and be like we're tough guys now (laughs) um yeah but that's not how it is and i think the other thing too is the season ender for for season four the final scene is what really brings me to say it's the best episode is because lucifer finally admits to chloe that he that she was his first Mm -hmm. love yep and that because like she's in throughout the season it's like the priest is trying to tell her yes we have to find his true love and we all think oh it's eve because she's back but when he tells her this it's like the puzzle completes and you really see the ending as it should be because as we know the season and the show that was it like this was it um and in the last scene of the show we see lucifer sitting on his pedestal reigning over hell again and it almost solidifies the fact that like things are the way they should have been where he never left but then we find out that there's a season five Mm -hmm. and it brings it all back into perspective that it doesn't really ever end august 21st i am here we go so pumped um oh man so and it's only eight episodes but it's split into two parts and i think genius on the writer director and netflix's part because they recognized hey maybe seasons two and three were a little too long yeah Yeah. well i think it is so they split it up it is going to be 16 episodes total i believe um it it is yeah eight and eight eight and eight um and i'm hoping that that works i'm hoping that works really well i think it will um yeah i think it'll be good um it's interestingly the same thing that Bojack Horseman did, um, but for its last season. Um, Bojack Horseman did the exact same thing, which is another Netflix show, uh, which I think is just an interesting correlation. You know, they for yeah. some reason they're doing the whole um, sixteen episodes split into half, released at separate times thing. Um, so I was just thinking about that, but yeah, uh, I'm very very excited. I love Lucifer as a show. I think it's wonderful. Um, you should watch it and i know it's not <laughs> if you're at the end hopefully you've already watched it but uh it is a wonderful wonderful show um yeah if you've made it this far i really hope yeah. you've watched this show <laughs> i hope for your sake that you've watched the show yeah um anyway we've given a brief overview of every season plot wise now as best as we can yeah do you want to talk very briefly because i know we're over an hour but uh oh, i do not mind <laughs> very briefly about favorite character who is your favorite character of the show they're all so good and i want to know who your favorite is you, i'm gonna give you a hot 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 take right oh here. man are you gonna say it like trixie big hint doesn't get much screen time okay but she makes this show a lot better okay and you were right. It's Trixie. It's Trixie. Wow. It's Trixie. That is. She's my favorite character because she doesn't have many moments, mm. but the moments she has makes either that episode or at least the next five minutes of the episode. Yep. And there's one episode in particular that I continually think about, and it's 
I cannot remember for the life of me which episode and season it's in. Um, but it's when Maze goes off to bounty hunt in Canada. Yes. And yep. and Trixie hides in her bag, in Maze's bag, to go with her up to Canada. And it's one of the most pure moments that you see between Trixie and Maze, and honestly between even her mom and the two other ki- and Trixie and Maze, mm-hmm. because it shows that even a small child human that Lucifer nor Maze will ever relate or understand. Yeah. She cares so deeply about. Yep. And there's other moments in all of these seasons that you just see Trixie as this person that you know is going to grow up to kick butt and to really show and prove a point. Yep. Um, and I think it's just, it's just amazing to see that small little character who's introduced, I think, in in episode one, Yep, is introduced as this little go-getter girl that can even relate to a 20-something-year-old girl, meaning Ella. Yeah, yep. And that's, that's, that who is my favorite character. That scene but, when they both have, like, the, uh, what is it, the burrito shirts or the... Oh, yeah. The taco shirts or something. Yeah, the taco cat shirt or something. Yeah, something like that. Um... But to add on, no less than, like, one atom beneath Trixie yep. is Lucifer, Tom Ellis, yep. no doubt in my mind. I'm going to have to say uh, as well, or not as well, but uh, that is my favorite character. You know, and it's probably super cliche, <laughs> and I admit I mean, that, that's okay. but oh my god, Tom Ellis is oh. so freaking funny. I cannot stand it. He is hilarious. He is perfect. He was perfectly cast. Detective. Detective. <laughs> oh my god. What a He is absolutely hilarious. Uh and yeah, that's really all I have to say about it. If you've watched even a few episodes of the show, you know exactly what you're in for. Um he is incredible. So, yeah. Well, I must say, this has been quite the eventful episode, my friend. Yes. And I must thank you again for joining me on Down to Chat. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for having me. It is always great to have someone new, even though it's only episode three. (laughs) But but as I always will say, especially to you, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. And most of all, I'm always down to chat, my friend. So just let me know. I'm always yeah. here. I know. I'm always here. There. This is quarantine. So, <laughs> yes, this is yep. quarantine. But thank you very much for joining me. And I will see you on the flip side yeah. of life. Adios, my friend. Adios. <laughs> so as we end this episode that is just over one hour long, I want to say thank you for joining me. Thank you for enjoying during this long but eventful and awesome episode thank you again to my special guest christian labrie and as you will hear right now the final totals and rankings that we have for the four seasons of lucifer we have season not season nine i'm so sorry season four at at the rating number of 9.25 out of 10 then we go down to season three and season 
one tied as second place because I gave a rating of seven, he gave a rating of eight for season one, and I gave a rating of eight for season three, whereas he gave a rating of seven for season three. And so it equally ties out at a, a nice old second place, and we, you've heard our explanations as to why. And rounding out in bronze, third place, trash bin of the numbers, season two at 6.5 for me, and a 7.5 for Christian. That is arguably the worst season, but at the same time, it is not a bad season as a whole. As we reach the end of this long, enduring episode, I just want to say thank you again for understanding my reasoning for taking such a long hiatus, and that I will be back in two weeks. So expect this sultry voice to run through your ears for many, 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 many moons to come. And it's always a time in this 2020 year that we educate ourselves, that we do things to change the world for better. And it doesn't matter what side of the world you stand on and what side of politics you stand on. These are notions that deserve to be understood from just a human rights standpoint. And it's time really to break down the barriers because we should not be fighting over things that should never have needed to be fought about. So thank you for understanding. I will see you in two weeks. And as always, stay fresh, stay frosty, please stay safe. And at the end of the day, always know that I'm always down to chat. Bye.